Welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast, the show for short-term rental professionals, hosts, and owners worldwide. I'm your host, Elaine Watts, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies, top tools and resources, and interviews with leading industry experts and successful holiday homeowners. We ask them to pull back the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Are you ready? Here we go. pleasure today to be able to welcome David Jacoby from Hostfully. Now David is the co-founder of Hostfully which is a digital welcome book and it allows you to share key pieces of information your guest needs in the run-up to their stay. Now as well as sharing information about the property itself and the local area it really gives guests a great user experience and really importantly reduces time spent answering queries from guests for us. Welcome to the show David how are you? Awesome. Uh, Elaine, thanks again for having me. And that was a great uh, overview of Hostfully. You should join. I didn't even give that to you. You should join me for our next uh, sales meetings. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so sure, a little bit about myself and I guess how Hostfully got started. Uh, like most people in this space, it's not like I majored in vacation rentals in college. It seems like people, it's great meeting people from all these different backgrounds who fell into this one way or another. Uh, For me, my experience was first as a guest, actually, and then a host. So about seven years ago, my wife and I, we took a one-year sabbatical and we traveled around the world. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we had our one year of fun before we were handcuffed for the next 20 years doing this kid thing. Now, not that this isn't fun, just a different kind of fun. And we we went to 27 countries and five continents. And during that time, we stayed in 38 homes, uh, as well as hostels and hotels and, and bed and breakfast and other accommodations. But those 38 homes, specifically, it was through a combination of traditional vacation rentals and friends of friends of friends. And then also the website couchsurfing.org. Are, are you familiar with couchsurfing? Yes, yeah, so that's couchsurfing is something I've heard of, never done, but why don't you tell us a little bit about exactly what it is or how it worked for you? Essentially, it's Airbnb, but without the financial transaction. So it's literally hosts around the world who want to meet people from other cultures and help them traveler, help them travel and give them a free place to stay. So through couchsurfing specifically, we had free accommodations in Lima, Peru, in Cairo, in Jerusalem, in Kigali, Rwanda, Hanoi, Vietnam, Bodrum, Turkey, some some real random places. And that sounds so amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, between that ranging from that to the hotels, that's when we really learned the incredible influence that the host has on the guest's stay. You know, anything a host told us to do went to the top of the priority list above Lonely Planet, or TripAdvisor, or Yelp, or any of those review sites, because we got the inside scoop, we got the hidden gems. And then after that trip, we moved here to San Francisco into a single family home. We renovated the basement and turned it into an in-law unit, right? I think you call them granny flats, is that right? Yeah, we might call it granny flat or annex maybe. And and it really was for the in-laws or for my parents. So the primary reason was my parents come out from Connecticut and spend three months a year here with the grandkids. Yeah, they don't care about me anymore, just the grandkids. 
But uh, so we had them. We renovated our, our basement. It's you know beautiful in-law unit. My parents were here for three months a year, and then the other nine months we had this open space. So we decided to put it up on uh, Airbnb and HomeAway and started doing short-term rentals with it. And that was such a good experience that the main two floors of our house where we live, we have a guest room, and we put that up on Airbnb and couch surfing. So we paid back the good karma from couch surfing, and then also Airbnb. So that's you know the traditional Airbnb model of sharing your kitchen and sharing your living space. And sometimes we'll have two guests at the same time in our home, in our private in-law unit in the basement and in our guest room. We've had well over 200 guests in the past few years, which is probably nothing compared to some of your uh, your listeners. And I've been an Airbnb super host now for three years in a row. I've spoken at their conference, the Airbnb Open, the past two years. And I realized the pain point of being in constant communication with guest after guest and answering all the questions that they have before they arrive, as well as their separate unique set of questions that they have while they're staying with me. I also realized the pleasure of hearing from them that they went to my favorite coffee shop and they went to my favorite brunch spot. And sure, they went to Fisherman's Wharf and Alcatraz and did all the touristy stuff, but it was staying in my neighborhood and going to the places that I told them to go to that really made their trip memorable and unique. And frankly, that's what got me the consistent five-star reviews. Uh, so in looking into the space, a little bit further, uh, I was talking with my, my now business partner, Margot Schmorak. Uh, sh she was in transition at jobs, and we got talking about the vacation rental space. She's also a host. And we realized there's a big focus on getting the reservation, whether it's all the listing platforms out there like Airbnb and HomeAway and FlipKey and Booking.com and um, you know just that long tail, or whether it's the property management softwares or the dynamic pricing companies or the website companies or the channel managers, payment processing companies, all that focus is on the front end, getting that reservation. But after that reservation is made, there's not a lot of tools to help the host streamline their guest communications and, and provide a five-star hospitality experience. So that's what we set out to do. It, it, you know, it seems like most hosts that we spoke with when we started doing our due diligence have varying degrees of mediocre three-ring binders. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's so difficult to display this information and keep it nice just through constantly being used and flicked through, bits taken out, if there's leaflets in there, replaced again. Exactly. So, you know, more beautiful, the beautiful ones are the laminated ones, right? Um, but so really bringing that into the 21st century and uh, the, where, you know, where that paper guidebook and listing manual, it fails in a number of ways. First of all, you can't send that in advance. So what ends up happening? The host, uh, the manager sends a long email with lots of information to the guests. And some of the information applies to, one piece of information applies to 10%. Another piece applies to another 10%. Like, so how do I get here by uh, taxi? How do I get here from the bus station? How do I, is, you know, what, is there a supermarket nearby? Cause I want to pick stuff up first is what's parking like. So the manager ends up sending all that information in one long email and then the guest doesn't read it because they're overwhelmed. So then they ask a question to the property manager who now gets frustrated because they already gave the answer <laughs> to the guest, but it's not the guest's fault that it wasn't provided in a digestible manner. So having stuff that looks beautiful on, you know, uh, on, on their phone or on their computer when they're viewing it at home uh, will just decrease the amount of questions that the guest, that the host gets and, and provide a more professional experience. Also with that hard copy guidebook in the listing, 
they're not taking that and putting it in their backpack while they're out and about exploring the city or the neighborhood, going on a hike. And at the end of the day, they want to know where to go have dinner. They don't have that information handy. They need to go back to the listing to look it up. Uh, so there's a lot of other cool things you can do with that digital guidebook uh, in terms of accessibility. And then let alone, you know, adding links and, and pictures and, and embedding videos. Like, do you know how scary a laundry machine is if you're from another country and you're trying to figure out how to work those dials? Agree completely. When you're away, you really do need some instructions, especially if you're trying to operate things like a washing machine in a different language. So, David, you mentioned that you have a business partner or co-founder. Can you tell us a little bit about Margot and the team over at Hostfully? Uh, sure, absolutely. So Margot Schmorak is my business partner. Our kids go to the same preschool, so that's how we met. And we were, we were both on fun employment at the time in transition and got going with this. And our third co-founder, Noah Neiman, he's our head of product, and uh, he worked with Margot at Apple for a number of years. Uh, so we're the founding team. And then we also have uh, Nicole Prentice-Williams, who's our vice president of strategic partnerships, and she works closely with our clients. Uh, you know, when we launched about a year ago, because of kind of my story that, that I had told you, our, our, our original focus was on that like individual Airbnb host or vacation rental by owner. And towards the end of last year, beginning of this year, we started getting a lot of interest from professional vacation rental management companies saying, this is so cool. I want this for all 100 listings of mine. So we put a lot of energy into building a admin backend uh, specifically for property managers to make it easy to manage 100 guidebooks at once. So you can like take a a guide, a take a recommendation and add it to 50 guidebooks all in the neighborhood at one time instead of going into guidebook by guidebook. Uh, and we help with, and we you can easily copy an existing guidebook and change the address and the Wi-Fi code and make a new guidebook in minutes. And we private label it as well. So, you know, lots of people think, I'm staying at an Airbnb, I'm staying at a VRBO, not I'm staying at Joe's Vacation Rental. So this is a great way to en enhance that brand awareness. Uh, so Nicole came on board really to help with the customer success and that's been that's been huge. Uh, we you know really focus on implement. Oftentimes that's a bit of a hurdle, like this sounds great, I'd love to have it implemented, but I don't have time to make the 100 guidebooks and we've gotten pretty good at that and, and Nicole's awesome at that. So she's a core member of our team in, in terms of guest communications or client communications. So that's Sounds hugely useful because people running holiday homes, whether you've got one, whether you've got a dozen, whether you are a manager, your time is precious and you've got a, a lot of information to share quite quickly. So it sounds like you've got a good team there that are able to, to really help people get over this hurdle. Exactly. You know, this is our focus. Uh, so we want to make sure that uh, clients are very happy with uh, the onboarding process and including it in their guest communications, uh, including it in their email templates that they're sending out through their property management software or however. And, you know, we've done this a bunch of times now. So we, we make sure that part is easy, that final hurdle of saying, I like this. It's a great idea to actually having it be used. I love that you've got all of that in place. That's really cool. Tell us a little bit about how many people are actually starting to use Hostfully now that you've got all of this in place to help people get going? Sure. So we launched about really June of 2016, and we have over 5,000 guidebooks in 80 countries now. Uh, and that's ranging from individual Airbnb hosts to property managers with uh, three, four or 500 listings. 
Wow, you've really covered some ground in such a short period of time. So how do people actually go about sharing this information, sharing the guide with their guests? Exactly. So it's a simple URL that you actually get to customize. So it's uh, hostful.ly forward slash whatever you want, you know, 555 Main Street, Zen Home, and it's responsive design. So this was key. We did a lot of uh, research and, and speaking with both guests and hosts and the overwhelming response was they don't want an app that the, the host doesn't want to send the guests and the guest doesn't want to have an app that they need to download and install another temporary app for the three days that they're on vacation. Uh, but rather it's a URL and it looks beautiful on any device. So when they pull it up on their phone, it kind of, it looks and feels like an app. They just didn't download anything. And it also looks great on their desktop computer. And a lot of people are looking at it in advance on their computer. Uh, we actually get 25% of our users, not surprisingly, 75% are viewing it on their mobile device when they're in destination, but 25% view it on their desktop as well. So it's important uh, to have it look good on both. So the point here is really making access easy for guests and to share from the point of view of the holiday homeowner or the manager. That really is the point, to have it be built for them looking on a mobile phone, you know, or their computer, as opposed to an email where they have to do a lot of scrolling to see what applies to them that if they're looking for directions or check-in information or the Wi-Fi code or where the nearest supermarket is or parking or all that stuff, if it's just in a list, it's, it's hard to find. Uh, so, you know, we make it very user-friendly and easy to navigate to find what they're looking for. So knowing that this is so much easier and stopping guests having to scroll through emails and us as owners and hosts having to constantly re-answer the questions which people don't want to read through scrolling through an email, but owners have already got their folder, they've got their display book with all of their information. They're going to be looking at that thinking, how am I going to get all of this into that and share it ahead of time? Yeah, that's really key. And we found that from the beginning that a lot of hosts said, oh, you know, I love this, but I already have my, my mediocre looking binder and I'm busy. So, you know, we put a lot of energy and user testing into making it easy to make. And as I kind of briefly touched upon earlier, uh, we've spent a lot of this year putting in more, you know, power admin tools to make it real easy to manage hundreds of guidebooks at once and, and navigate around it, whether, as I said, it's adding a recommendation to multiple guidebooks at once or even having back end labels for items. So you might have, you know, how to use the laundry and on the, you want the guests to see laundry or how to use the laundry or house rules. And on the back end, you can see this is house rules for 555 Main Street. And this is house rules for 555 Second Avenue. And, and, you know, just navigate around easily for when you want to make changes. We're also pretty integrated well with Google and Google Places and Google Maps. So when you're making a recommendation, you just start typing in the name of the restaurant and it will drop down in, you know, in that little box and you pick it and the address will show up, the website will show up, it'll categorize it automatically, and it will bring up a bunch of beautiful pictures of the place for you to choose from, nine times out of 10. And if not, you can easily just add your own picture as well. So we get a lot of feedback that, you know, it's not a list, but it looks beautiful, that it's like a Pinterest board, They people tell us, uh, because there's lots of cool looking pictures and we make it easy to do that. So it seems like one of the real keys here is the ease of setup and actually for more than one property in a similar location or with similar rules, you can actually set it up across the board by clicking one button and it updates all those guides. 
Exactly. And if you set it up the way I talked about, where you make one house rules item and you apply it to all 50 guidebooks, if you want to change the quiet time from 11 p.m. to 10 p.m., you just go into one place and edit it and it will easily update all your guidebooks. So it really does sound like you can start to reduce the amount of questions that you have from a particular guest purely by sharing this book ahead of time. Yeah, what we what we find as well, you're still going to get questions, of course, you're always going to get questions. And if you respond to that question with a link to the answer in the guidebook, guess what, you're not going to get a second question now from, <laughs> from that guest. Now they know, oh, okay, the information really is here in the guidebook. Uh, additionally, all our, rec you know, the recommendations, they all have their own unique uh, link within the guidebook. So if someone says to me, hey, David, I have a free day. Uh, what should I do in San Francisco? Any recommendations? So I have this whole curated adventure of going to the Presidio and here's where you should walk, which is a park. That's a beautiful park near my home where Golden Gate Bridge comes into San Francisco. And there's a bunch of awesome sculptures by this artist, uh, Andy Goldsworthy, and um, they have some food carts on certain days. Uh, so I'll put in a whole curated experience, not just recommending a recommendation of one restaurant, but rather here's where I suggest you walk. Here's where the sculptures are. Here's what they look like. Here's a great view. And now not only is this uh, decreasing the amount of questions that I'm getting, but it's enhancing the quality of the conversations I have with my guests because I can tell them, oh, don't worry, all the information is there in the guidebook. So in two days from now, when you want to check it out, you can pull it up easily. And I'll send them a link to that specific recommendation. Uh, in the past, I would oftentimes see my guests ask a question and then their eyes would like glaze over like a deer in headlights as I start talking about, oh, yes, go here. You just take the 33 bus and it's in this neighborhood. And all of a sudden they start freaking out because they just arrived and they have no idea where things are and they're going to forget it. And now I'm like taking out a map and showing them and overwhelming them. So so now I just say, you know, it's on the guidebook. So in two days when you want to do it, you can look it up there and the details are there and and they feel so much more relaxed and they actually listen to what I talk to them about. <laughs> I definitely, definitely know that glazed look that people get because you're so desperate to share this information with them because you love your area and you love all these different things that you've got going on and you want them to go and enjoy it. But yeah, information overload at that point, hey. And I guess that's where Hostfully steps in because you can share that information at a rate that suits the particular guest at the time and at the particular property. So can you give us a bit of an idea about the pricing structure for Hostfully and how that would work from the perspective of an individual owner right up to somebody who's managing several properties or even hundreds of properties as an agency? Sure. Uh, so it's $60 US per guidebook per year. And so build, build monthly, it's only $5 per guidebook or per listing per month. Uh, we also have a sort of freemium model. So one guidebook is free. And if you want more than one, then you need to pay. So I encourage everyone to go online to hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com. And you can create one guidebook for free and kind of just kick the tires a little bit. So I've been having a little bit of a look on the website, getting a bit of a, a hostfully guide set up for myself and got going with it. It does seem very, very easy. Is it just drag and drop, just drop things into place? Is it really that easy? It's that easy. You really just put your logo, you upload your logo, and you can actually choose which guidebooks you want, which logo. So for some reason, if each property of yours has its own 
kind of brand and logo, then you can do that. Um, what we see more common, usually the vacation rental manager has you know their same name for all their listings, uh, but different contact information or welcome messages. So if you have uh, you know, properties in two different cities, you can have different welcome messages from the local boots on the ground person and different contact information. And that's real easy to manage as well. So it's actually looking pretty customizable, which is very useful from a business perspective as a holiday home owner, because as well as wanting to work with the listing sites, of course, you, you're trying to, to build your own business and get direct bookings, which is something that everybody's always working towards. Yes, absolutely. Especially as vacation rental management companies are looking to differentiate themselves and get their own brand awareness, because in a way you're working with Airbnb and HomeAway, but you're also competing against them because you want to get that repeat business. You don't want that person to just always be looking on Airbnb year after year uh, as they're going to Tahoe to ski every year or wherever they're going. So having that in-destination experience is really the way to stand out. Uh, we're starting to see the booking side become a commodity, and people think that of vacation rentals now. It's gotten so big, and there's so many listing sites that, oh, I can just easily book any any home, any size I want, wherever I want. Uh, so if you want to stand out, you need to make sure once they're there that you're providing a great experience. Uh, so whether it's offering ground transportation or groceries pre-arrival or having flexibility with check-in and check-out times or offering tours and activities or pointing people in the right direction at least, that's really where you're able to shine and be different from your competitors. So it sounds like there's an opportunity here, not just to shine, but even to create an additional revenue stream. If you're offering a late checkout, say, or early check-in, you can do all of that from within Hostfully. And the more questions you're asked, the more you can start to understand what people are actually looking for. And you can make sure you meet those needs within this guest book. Yeah, one, one thing that we did uh, and I know we talked about this, uh, not sure if you're going to bring this up, was our hospitality report. Uh, so at the beginning of this year, we surveyed uh, over 50 vacation rental management companies and then took data from our thousands of guidebooks to kind of see what the trends are in vacation rental management, specifically in hospitality, uh, but also just high level, some of the challenges in general. So, you know, not surprising, we saw some of the bigger challenges in getting bookings and in cleaning, um, as well as guest communication. So we do talk about some of those those other things like cleaning as well. Um, I would recommend people check it out at uh, hostfully.com forward slash study. And uh, you'll see how you compare against your peers. That sounds super exciting. You can get that link at hlspod.com forward slash hostfully, where I will link directly through to David's site where you can get hold of that study. It sounds super interesting. David, what were some of the other findings that you found the most interesting from that particular study? Can you just pull a few bits out for us. Yeah, well, I'd say one of the biggest things that we found most interesting to us as we were looking through the results was the lack of ability by the property management software to help with the in-destination experience. So that property management software is really focused on 
getting the booking and managing that that booking and maybe some of the guest communications as the as the guest arrives but no one many people are not using that property management software to manage the stuff i was just talking about like having uh groceries pre-arrival or the mid-state cleaning or upselling tours and activities and early check-ins and late checkouts. So what's happening now is either they're managing it through some other software or just through Excel sheets and, and calling local people and sending out separate PayPal information, uh, or they're not doing it at all. So that's kind of a big area that, that we see that's missing uh, in the market space. And, and hopefully through our guidebooks, we'll you know, be able to iterate and, and help add some of that. Uh, and there's lots of other, that's, that's just a big gap where other softwares can improve on. So there's actually lots of angles that this software, this digital guidebook can really help you in your business. And we've, we've drawn on a few of those today. Now, something else that you have mentioned, you're based over in San Fran, and we know that there's been a lot of changes in the laws around short-term rentals, particularly in that area. And there was a, a recent law passed. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you've been quite involved. Sure. Yeah. A huge change is being implemented in January. It's uh, really a big deal and a culmination of many years, three plus years of legislation battles going on here. Uh, yes, I have been involved uh, to some extent. We, we've organized pretty well. I, I think one of the benefits of potential legislation is the community really rallies and gets to know each other. So we have a very strong host community here in San Francisco, and we have uh, the Home Sharers Democratic Club, which is an actual official chartered organization within the San Francisco Democratic Party here in San, here in San Francisco. So when we want to talk to representatives, to supervisors, we're not just saying, you know, hi, I'm I'm David, can I talk to you? But like, hey, we're part of the Democratic Party, uh, we're and, and we have some concerns about certain legislation and there's a much better chance that you'll have a meeting and your voice will be heard. Uh, yeah, quick, quick background on what's happened. In 2014, a law was passed which basically says you can only share where you live. Uh, so no private vacation rentals are allowed. If you own a second home here in San Francisco, you and you're not living there, you can't rent it out on for less than 30 days. You have to rent it out to a long-term tenant. Uh, and that's been part of the ongoing affordable housing crisis here in San Francisco. You know, my personal feeling is that short-term rentals barely move the needle with this stuff. Affordable housing has been an issue long before Airbnb got its headquarters here, and it will be an issue for a long time. <laughs> and Airbnb and the units taken off because of, of short-term rentals are, are barely really opening up a lot more space for long-term tenants. But anyways, that's the argument, and that was the law that was passed. You can only rent where you live. Uh, and you can rent it hosted. If so, if you're living there, you can rent it out as much as you want. And if you travel and you want to rent out your whole home, like you're going on vacation, you can do that. So you can rent a private place as long as it's your place for 90 days maximum. So there's a 90 day cap of how long you can go on vacation and, and, and rent your home out. So if you're a teacher, you teach all year and you go away for the summer, you can rent your place out for, for 90 days. Uh, so over the past three years, different laws have been tried to get passed. There was a ballot uh, proposition called Prop F, which was a big deal a few years ago uh, that was going to just basically limit short-term rentals uh, 60 days across the board. And that 
uh, failed uh, gloriously. It did not pass by over 10 percentage points, and Airbnb spent a lot of money on that campaign. And then there's been some other tweaks and some other things that have been passed, and the mayor uh, vetoed it. And you know, long story short, uh, what finally happened was a law was passed that says you need to be registered here in San Francisco in order to appear on Airbnb. So this was the big deal where Airbnb and HomeAway basically said, we're like Craigslist or we're, you know, we're like the classifieds. We can't be held responsible for whether people are registered or not. Um, we're, we're just a platform. And the judge basically ruled, no, you're not like a newspaper classified ad or like Craigslist because you're actually taking a piece of the financial transaction. So you do have some more liability and you do have to make sure everyone is in compliant with the law. So by January of 2018, Everyone listed on Airbnb is going to need to be registered hosts here in San Francisco. Otherwise, they're going to knock you off the website. Uh, so right now, there's about 2,000 or 2,500 registered hosts, and there's around eight to 10,000 listings in San Francisco. So you know, maybe another 500 or so, a thousand at most, will get registered over the next five months. And what that means is more than half of the listings in San Francisco will get um, removed from Airbnb and HomeAway in, in a few months. So that's some fairly hefty laws that have been put into place there, and it will affect a lot of people. Um, yeah, I always find it quite difficult to understand why an area really takes hold and really dislikes short-term rental because there are so many good benefits to the area of having short-term rentals. Lots and lots of visitors means a great area. It means more facilities, more infrastructure, more visitors, more revenue. So there are a lot of benefits. I always really struggle when something like this takes place and it's so hard hitting. But I guess that community that you've built over there is what we need to do in different countries, different locations, different tiny areas like, say, where I am in Worcester, Worcestershire. We need to build our own communities and groups of people who are holiday homeowners because once, even if it's on the other side of the world where you are, once laws start coming in, other people start taking notes and things like this could come in the future to our area. How is this also affecting managers, vacation rental managers? Yeah, so needless to say, it's not very vacation rental manager friendly here. There's not a lot of vacation rental management companies because usually they're managing second homes, right, vacation homes. Uh, so there still are some in-law units that are you know, legally part of the house and are in a second listing, but it is more private. So those are being managed. And, and a lot of the vacation rental management companies are, are moving into the corporate rental space here in San Francisco, because if it's more than 30 days, then you can uh, rent out private places. So that's that's been a big change in focus. And you know this is a hotbed for technology and startups coming here. Uh, but the, you know, the main reason for, for the law, as I had said earlier, was affordable housing and wanting to keep as many full-time units available for renters who want to rent tenants who want to be here full-time and, and not having them accessible to, to, to short-term vacation rentals. Um, you know, here in my neighborhood, I'm, I live outside of downtown and we have lots of 
grandparents that come and want to visit their their grandkids in the neighborhood and they don't want to stay at an expensive downtown hotel and they want to have a kitchen and stuff and there's just not options out there uh, and this is going to make it harder so you know obviously i don't i don't necessarily agree with the legislation uh, and this is how it's come about <laughs> Yeah, so scarily, as we have just mentioned, there's a chance that that different legislation can start coming in around the world. And once legislation is in place in in one area like San Fran, then others will take that as precedent and use that as the basis for their laws in their area, right? Uh, Yeah, and and I do see it happening in all sorts of places around the world. Uh, I think a lot of it, though, is is primarily on the urban, more denser side. And it really depends on your community, because obviously a lot of communities, their economy thrives on vacation rentals. So I, I wouldn't underestimate the ability of for, for listeners out there where there might be some legislation going on, really organize and meet the other hosts, meet the other, you know, vacation rental management companies that might be your your competitors, partner with them. Um, also get the homeowners whose houses you're, you're representing involved and and talk to your local supervisors and local, you know, representatives uh, because they do listen. It's been a fascinating experience meeting with the supervisors and having them realize that, you know, this kind of is the other side of affordable housing. If we weren't able to rent out our place on short-term rentals, we wouldn't be able to live here. We wouldn't be able to own this home and how much it's helping local economies by people spending their meals at local businesses as opposed to just a downtown overpriced touristy spots. Uh, So it it does mean a lot, have a big impact when you meet with them and share your side. And here in San Francisco, we have been able to make some changes into the legislation uh, because we did meet personally with the supervisors. Yeah, I completely agree that getting together and really building a community, that's where huge change can happen. So scary times with the legislation, but knowing full well that there are so many benefits to short-term letting that working together, there's actually probably a way to find a way forwards and, or at least affect change, as you say you have had the chance to do with your community over in San Fran. So can you tell us a little bit about what you think owners today can do to set themselves apart from the competition? Because there is a lot of properties available. How can we make sure that our business is noticed above others? Uh, Really focusing on that hospitality experience. Uh, Obviously, I'm a little biased because that's where we focus, but I I feel that's the biggest way to separate yourself and get that five-star review and and really giving those expectations at front. Um, I've talked a lot in in other places about how you can shorten that email that you send to your guests. And, And one thing I like saying from the very beginning is kind of asking for that five-star review without asking for it, but just setting the expectation. So, you know, for example, I'll say in my, in my initial message, please let us know if you have any other questions or if there's anything we can do to make sure your visit is enjoyable. We are proud to be Airbnb super host for three years in a row, which means among other metrics, the large majority of our reviews are five stars. We strive for that every time. We hope you have the same positive experience as our other guests, and we welcome and appreciate any feedback you may have. So, you know, right away, we're basically saying we're expecting a five-star review without that awkward ask of, will you give us a five-star review? Um, and just keeping that level of engagement and hospitality throughout their stay uh, will get you those reviews and get you more money. That is some great advice. Thank you for taking the time to to share your insight there. 
So it's been really interesting to talk to you today, to hear all about Hostfully, what you've got going on over in your part of the world, in San Fran, and how you've been able to, to get involved there and, and try to really make a difference to this industry. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for your time today. How can people get in touch directly with you if they'd like to ask any questions about Hostfully or about anything else that we've discussed today? Absolutely. So my email is david at hostfully.com. And once again, it's H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com. So uh, give me an email or go, go to our website and kick the tires a little bit. And I would love to touch base with anyone. Perfect. That is fantastic. Thank you very much, David, for taking the time to come and speak to us today for everything that you have done with setting up Hostfully, everything that you do for us as individual owners by offering such a service. And of course, getting involved over in San Fran too and sharing your experiences because that gives everybody else confidence that despite us seeing changes in this industry, there, there may well be a very, very useful and great way forward by using community and all getting together. Elaine, thank you for, for everything you do for the community as well. David, just to reiterate, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you. I hope to cross paths with you in the not too distant future of one of the many events that go on around the UK and around the world for vacation rental and holiday home owners. And for now, if you'd like to take a look at everything that we've been chatting about today, head to hlspod.com forward slash hostfully and you can get all of the links to all of the resources that we've chatted about today. David, thank you and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Holiday Let Success podcast. But remember, it doesn't need to end here. Find us on Facebook at the Holiday Let Success podcast community where you can join a group of like-minded, proactive holiday homeowners just like you. And don't forget to check out the website, hlspod.com, where you can join the HLS Learning Hub, our free membership site, where you get access to all of the free resources that'll help you towards your holiday let success. Bye for now.